Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you so much for joining me, particularly as today is my 100th episode. (laughs) And I am absolutely delighted to have Stephen and Philip with me today, who, my gosh, we did try to record an episode a very long time ago, probably about eight months ago, might even be longer to be fair, and we had tech issues and it's just taken forever to get it reorganised, but we're here. I'm so delighted that they are going to be my 100th episode guests as well, which is absolutely awesome. So I'm going to hand over to Philip and Stephen to introduce themselves because they can do it far better than me and yeah go on over to you guys. Well thank you Sarah first of all so so pleased to be the special 100. Well done to you for keeping it up amazing. Well and we're delighted to be here with you and Mm. um, and joining you and chatting. Yeah we have two hearts so I'm Stephen Goddard and um, Philip Brooks Stevenson is my um, Lesser half. <laughs> no, that's a joke. Um, no, and we run Cuckoo Connect. Uh, we're also married as well. We're a kind of a double duo. The dynamic duo. Dynamic duo, yes. And the lesser half one, is uh, there's an element of truth in his mind. <laughs> that's, that's the case. But, I um, don't think so for a moment, because we did a fabulous YouTube together and uh, Philip's done all sorts of amazing things in his lifetime, which is considerably less than my lifetime. So, yes, he's, he's packed in an awful lot. In fact, you both have so tell the wonderful listeners what you both do we both obviously run cuckoo connect which i'll let philip explain because apparently i always do a terrible job of unless it. you're wearing gold lame well exactly and then that's when i come into my true self that's lost really on audio isn't it <laughs> it's totally is and i'm wearing it now special as well <laughs> no so we run cuckoo connect which philip will tell you about um and we both have slightly different roles within the business but we've settled into it over the years we, we're nearly six years old now with cuckoo connect and i think when you start you're finding your ways like who's got the most skills in each area and uh, i think we're in a really good settled place now aren't we with it uh, well, yes, <laughs> yes. do agree do agree please now chaps no domestics <laughs> i'm going to let philip talk about blah 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 and then he just rattles on and on and on as well, right. example, really. I mean, I mean, I'll make it sound slightly more grander than Stephen's version of that we run Cuckoo Connect. You see, what, don't, we, what did I say? Look, you see, <laughs> I'm rubbish. Well, but we're the co-founders of Cuckoo Connect, which is a slightly more factual version of we run it. <laughs> so, Cuckoo Connect was uh, originally launched in Leicestershire back in 2016, and as Stephen says, I think just a few days after this podcast, uh, we will be six years old. Cuckoo Connect is a business membership service which simply aims to connect businesses and organisations and entrepreneurs together all over the Midlands. In fact, actually, over the last year, couple of years, uh, that's even wider than the Midlands because we took our services online during the COVID lockdown to actually set up a whole range of free services that we opened up to any organisation, charity, business. And suddenly, by no plan, we found businesses from Leeds, Manchester, London, as far down as sort of Somerset, uh, all using these services. And because these were free services that helped organisations at such a desperate time for so many organisations, they've kind of stuck with us as sort of part of our community online. So um, Cuckoo Connect at regional level connects people together. We host what we call um, Cuckoo Connect receptions. They take place in Derbyshire, Leicestershire, Lincolnshire and Nottinghamshire monthly. They're hosted at a whole variety of fab 
venues or hosted by businesses and that could be anything from a theatre to a castle to a coffee house to a gin distillery. And I, I go to them, I attend them and, and I have to say, I mean, they are fabulous. I mean, when people talk about networking and a lot of people have this uh, networking, but to me, it's about meeting people and chatting and having a good time and enjoying and being curious about people and their businesses and making those connections, like you said. And I think what you've done with Cuckoo and the venues and the way the evenings pan out, they're just that really easy to, to sort of attend, aren't they? And they're in lo- always in such lovely locations and you just always feel sort of just like you're, you're out chatting and meeting groups of people that you know, which invariably you do because you're connecting with people that you've met previously in many occasions and then obviously there's guest people and you get to meet new people. I think that's exactly what we tried to do really because it's always born out of me having another business and attending loads of networking events but feeling really bored and inspired and dreading wanting to go. So when we came up with the concept, we, we thought, what can we throw away from traditional networking that's boring and what can we enhance and add that makes it more fun yet still effective? I think you've hit the nail on the head with your comments there that we do try to make it something that people almost look forward to coming to because we've got a community of businesses that, that all know and support one another, but also their new faces as well. So I would say if you want to be lazy, you can talk to the people that you know, or if you want to actually get out of your comfort zone, you can talk to new people and therefore build your network and, and what's lovely as well is that you've always got some really rather nice canapes on offer as well <laughs> I and mean, if you don't if you go for anything else go for the canapes or <laughs> well, it's uh, as Stephen talked about that you know we're very fortunate at cuckoo to attract the decision makers or often the the owners of these businesses as a kind of a basic level we think well people that are running businesses are always very very busy people so the least we can do is encourage them to come to something they really look forward to attending because, as you said, it's somewhere interesting, somewhere fancy or quirky, historical, and actually people can come, they have some drinks, some lovely food, that's all a complimentary part of the evening to our guests and our members. And actually it very cleverly lubricates the evening, not only because you're chatting for two hours, but um, it makes it so much more relaxed, it helps people to have and get into far more easy, authentic conversations, as opposed to suddenly you've got to jump up, talk about yourself in a minute, or often less than a minute, and all you do is essentially sound like a robot doing an advert about yourself. And you know, none of us like the phone calls, do we, that sort of say, have you been in an accident, PPI, or something about your pension? In fact, actually, most of us will be very rude and just slam the telephone down. So if, that, if that's your approach in business, it's not, I don't think, the most effective way of actually selling you as a person and your business, your brand, you know, your personality. And I think that's all important. No, absolutely. And I think actually what popped into my head then was the receptions. It's actually a bit, and the word reception itself, it's a bit like being at a wedding reception without the bride and groom really, isn't it? Coming to the Cuckoo Connect. Yeah, I often say I feel like we put on it because we have four connect receptions a month. I often say I feel like we put on four weddings every month. But but that's great. It creates the right kind of energy in the room. Just like Philip said, it helps people connect and develop an authentic relationship. No, exactly. And this is it's always it's as you said it's always something to look forward to and enjoy and uh, in great venues and great locations. But is that all that you do? I know that's massive. But there are other elements to your business. Is what I should have said. I believe. And I was just curious to know, just to expand upon that, because how have you sort of both come into it? And, you know, what is it about what you do that makes you happy? Because obviously with this podcast being so much about sort of happiness, and as I say, the Cuckoo Connect receptions 
really do generate that happy vibe, don't they? And that's what, you know, whenever I meet you two, it's great. I always love chatting to you because you make me happy. <laughs> Likewise. It, it's such an important thing because if you come to a Cuckoo Connect reception and you go away not feeling inspired or you've got thoughts of aspiration in your career or your business or you just don't feel enthusiastic, then I'm not quite sure whether or not you're in the right field because to go into a room where there's a buzz of like-minded business people, they're not all, you know, private sector business might be charities, they might be not-for-profit organisations and of all different sectors and size. If you don't go away feeling enthused at having had an evening in a nice place with some nice hospitality, with speaking to interesting people, people that have done something with their career, they've done something with their lives. And remember also in good conversations, you don't just talk about business and services. You talk about where did you go on holiday and how did you get into your sector of work, all these sorts of things. And that creates a really great buzz. And if you are remotely entrepreneurial, you go away from that sort of environment on the evening, not sort of buzzing away and feeling enthusiastic about your next day or where your business is going to go, then, you know, goodness knows what will help you. But um, but it, it really does happen. And we often talk about the cuckoos, a little bit of a magic formula. But actually, if you think about it, bringing people that are aspirational, which all business people are, even if they don't realise it or wouldn't articulate it in that way, they are. So you put a bunch of people in a fab place, have a nice evening with them, and the business just happens without it being forced. It's organic. And I know that's what you know our, our membership and our community love. So there is more to Cuckoo Connect, but coming back to where kind of we come from and what we brought to it, I mean, I have a creative background and a background in marketing, etc. And so I can do the visual side of it, the communication side of it. And then Philip comes from the absolute other end of the scale. Philip's very good at having certain conversations with certain people. I'm very good at having certain other ones. But yes, I mean, I, we both love doing it. And personally speaking, you know, linking back to the happiness side of things, it, it does actually genuinely make me happy to feel that we've brought these people together. And even more so when our members send us an email or tell us that, oh, actually, I made a client from that meeting and it's led to this. And I think it's priceless, that feeling you're actually helping other people get together well when you're facilitating stuff like that we like you're talking about philip that energy that vibe and that sort of it's bringing together that sort of all-round good feeling that you know you you want in life and too often when you obviously are like whether you're an entrepreneur or in a small business you perhaps you know you haven't got that day-to-day contact with people particularly in today's world of so much working for home you know like I, I work from home and back for many many years I spent all my life working in an office with lots of people Whereas now, you know, work from home and don't see the volume. So, but it's, and that's why it's really lovely to come out. I mean, not, I don't actually manage to make every single one for sometimes for other different commitments, business wise and what have you. But I like to come to as many as I can because you, you do go away feeling great. I mean, I had a conversation at the last one with a woman that I'd met. I think, I can't remember, through another, oh, I don't know, the powers of social media and commenting and things like that. Anyway, we missed each other at the previous Cuckoo Connect. We'd seen each other and gone, "Ah." you know, you have that sort of like, how do I know you, but I don't know you moment. And so then we'd had a Zoom meeting, then we spoke. And there was something that she told me about something that she'd done during lockdown that had a penny drop moment with me, which has changed what I'm doing in terms of a masterclass and something that I'm rolling out very soon myself and it, I just went 
oh my gosh. And it just went penny drop moment. So it's those chance conversations that you have, which is all synchronised really, but you know, you don't necessarily know, but it's taking notes and listening and tuning in and having those conversations. But it's great that you're both so aligned with what you really, really enjoy doing. So I want to get to the nitty gritty, actually. I'm sure the listeners do as well. So when did you two get, forget business, when did you two get together and how did that all come about? And were you wearing gold lame at the time? (laughs) Philip. (laughs) I was telling someone this story recently. And in fact, actually, it was on Friday evening. We were at something called the Women's Awards, which is Cuckoo Connect is a partner of the Women's Awards, essentially something we've supported since it started. And I was asked this question and I thought, well, I'll give them the actual version rather than the slightly more, you know, official version. But we actually met across the dance floor um, nearly 15 years ago. Gosh, you've been together 15 years? Yes, we were just slips of things back then. Stephen, uh, at the time, will recount this story that I got my sleeves rolled up so you could see my forearms and Stephen spotted me and then spotted my forearms and I just thought, oh, he looks rather interesting and I like his arms. Not that I have any special arms, but um, yeah, that's how things happen. For the, for the listeners, we're talking forearms, not as in four arms. <laughs> <laughs> We spent quite a lot of the evening just chatting uh, in general, as you do, and we talked a lot about things like walking in Derbyshire and tea drinking, because it was an adventure that Stephen was going to look into, which for this particular nightclub was probably the most opposite sort of conversations. At the time, Stephen had, I'll say, an admirer. It was passing him around this particular nightclub. So Stephen spent half the evening chatting with me, then sort of disappeared off for a short time, unbeknowing to me to actually then went over to this person that was hunting around, snogged this person, and decided to come back and spend the rest of the evening with me. And yes, and we exchanged details. And I think we both kind of thought, oh, I'll probably never hear from him again. And I think maybe the following week we had our first date. See, the good thing is... If I didn't hear back from Philip, I had my you reserve. You had, had a backup plan, plan B. <laughs> so where did you go on your first date then? We went to a lovely little um, restaurant in Nottingham that's not there anymore, and it was um, called Shaw's. We didn't actually... Oh, which one was... Sh- I remember Shaw's, but I can't remember Shaw's, if you know what I mean. On Broad Street. Broad, Broad Street. Broad Street in Nottingham. Yeah, just on yes. the corner. And you used to go downstairs to the restaurant, and then there was a bar on the ground floor. And then when I got to the bar... Philip was already there, and he's holding a like a really old-fashioned-looking thick book. I was reading and I thought, it. I was reading this book, and I thought, oh, God, he brings a book on a date. Well, what am I doing? Shall I turn around and go or not? And then, as soon as I started speaking to Philip, I'm thinking, Oh my God, he is so posh. He's so rich. He must be royal. And, um, and then he said at the end of the day. Oh, well, I'll walk you back to your car. And I'm panicking, thinking, I only drive a Ford Escort. And so he walked me back. I'm thinking he must drive a, like a Rolls Royce or something. He didn't even have a driving <laughs> license at the time. It's interesting, isn't it, what your perception of somebody can be. But oh, we have to do. We have to say, though, that Philip is posh. And he, he was very well educated. And having done a YouTube video for my uh, YouTube channel in lockdown, yes, there's some interesting stories that he had about at Sutherlminster as a choir boy. Philip, <laughs> what were you doing on the roof? <laughs> well, I, I was sliding uh, sliding on the roof, down the roof, in fact, which I don't suppose um, would have been um, particularly very safe. But then, of course, the story to, you know, the moral to Stephen's story is never judge a book by a cover. And actually, I'd not had very, very many dates at all by this time. So I was quite uncertain and unsure of myself. And the reason I took the book 
was because I actually thought if he doesn't turn up, then it will look like I've gone to this place on my own anyway. So I thought, I've got a book. It's a good prop in case he didn't turn up. And I thought, well, it will be an interesting book. And, and maybe he'll think, oh, that's interesting. What are, you, what are you reading about? And then I don't know. I can't possibly comment on the posh comment because I'll often tell people off when they use that word and said, you know, it doesn't actually mean what it, you mean it to me because it means port out with starboard home. Well, let's say, let's say well-spoken, well-educated and gets on well with the uh, upper echelons in, in, in society. <laughs> but you do, I mean, you've got lots of connections because you do a lot of, you, well, you have done and you still do a lot of charitable work, don't you? So, and you've, you have done all your life, which is really exceptionally commendable. And that's where, I mean, I remember when we were doing the YouTube that, you, you know, you've built up this PR background and experience and the connections that you've made, which I guess is what then ties into working. So you two coming together and then coming up with the idea for the networking because you've got all that background and you've got your background. You can pull the two, you know, work on both of your strengths together and have a good party every week at the business expense, really. <laughs> Well, no, absolutely. Someone from within our Cuckoo community kind of talked about this not that long ago, that they sort of said that what we have with Cuckoo, and because we are very much the face of our business as well, we're very easy to access. You know, sometimes if you are the head of a business, you almost purposely hide away behind an office door, or you're very hard for your stakeholders to communicate with. We're the opposite, which, you know, I think is a really great position to be in. But what they said was, you're unique because no one can duplicate Stephen and Philip. And that sort of sounds slightly superfluous, but actually it's not because uh, we've got such unique backgrounds. And as you say, all these connections and this kind of, um, you know, kind of rich tapestry of our backgrounds, our connections, our careers before Cuckoo, we've poured all of that into Cuckoo as a concept and a model. So, you know, you talk about, you know, sort of grand connections and things. It's probably not often that someone might go to a networking event to be networking with a duchess but at Cuckoo you do you meet these sorts of people and we encourage all sorts of people and different backgrounds to come to Cuckoo in the real sense of it being very diverse in terms of people backgrounds business sectors you know that is one of the things that makes Cuckoo really unique it couldn't really be duplicated and the reason they said it couldn't be duplicated is because there isn't another one of you two and this idea of kind of being a bit of a duo and having a personal brand is is all part of that but a lot of this organically grew and developed in an authentic way which is sort of what we talk about business connecting should be from you know when we originally launched back in 2016 and as you remember we saw you when we saw you last at the Leicestershire Connect reception which was at the fabulous Lumbers Jewellers that's where Cuckoo originally you know launched people then started coming over from other counties and going oh I rather like this and then because of that network that we had they started saying well when will we get one in our area or we could really do with Cuckoo there and that's how Cuckoo is organically built and developed over these last years. I think that's the, that is the the, um, the key to growth though isn't it it's that organic I mean I know we can do you know in all businesses we can do planning and forecasting and but it's when you work with things organically and you feel your way and you work with it intuitively as is with everything in life i think that's when it works isn't it rather than trying to force something that isn't working or if something doesn't work letting it go and it's you've got to do something you enjoy doing which you two clearly do well we do plan we do a lot of planning but we're also quite impulsive as well and and we'll, we'll often you know we'll be sat here and then think oh well why don't we do that for the members or why don't we add this and then we just go ahead and do it obviously we think it out a bit but I think that's quite important to 
you know, act on your impulses and what you're feeling in your gut because nobody knows your business better than you. No, exactly. It's like with lockdown. I mean, you both jumped on, didn't you? And you created that online community that you've already referenced, that it was it was really vibrant and you turned up every day and you delivered content to people every single day wearing a different tie and shirt every single day. Absolutely. I had to go shopping after so long so run out of clothes. <laughs> But what's it been like working together, though? I mean, because obviously, you've, as you said, you've been together 15 years and the business is six years old. And for the listeners, Stephen was just stroking Philip's beard. Yeah, I just I just sort of slapped him away. Though. Oh, <laughs> they're a very great double act, folks. Very great. Very different characters. <laughs> Brilliant double act. We were away recently and we went to London, France and Italy. One of the photographs that went onto our social media with Stephen Knight at the top of the Colosseum in Verona in Italy. We were there by chance at the time of the Verona Opera Festival, which is in its 99th year, I think. Now, Stephen's not the biggest fan of opera. Um, obviously, he's not as cultured as I am. Oh. <laughs> um, hey, he's good at doing the caterpillar at discos. I've seen him. At a time, uh, well, for this short episode of Doting Husband, he thought, well, I know that you'll love that, so we'll go. We got tickets, and it was a fabulous setting because we were in an old Roman uh, amphitheatre, Colosseum type thing, and the opera was going away. Stephen managed to get to, I think, the second act, and then just decided that it was best that he'd just carry on drinking. And I was telling people that then in the final and third act, he decided that he'll just stand up now, not sort of sit down. I mean, it was a very hot day and was just started to play with my ears and hair, which is very peculiar. It, was, yeah, it, was... it must have looked very odd to the people sat around us, but um, <laughs> that's, um, I dare say, something to do with the quantity of um, Aperol uh, spritzes that he um, consumed. <laughs> it was just a cool me down. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But, yeah, it's just, oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> You sang, of course, didn't you, Philip? Well, yes. So I was um, what's um, called a cathedral chorister, which is essentially a sort of grand version of being a choir boy. I sang at Southminster as a music scholar, uh, and a scholar in terms of, at the time, there was this special opportunity to go and train musically and be a chorister at um, the Minster School at Southall. Uh, and I say scholarship of time, not a scholarship as in you go along and you have everything paid for, it was the opportunity of learning as a music scholar. So yes, I mean, I singing is not particularly great now. I, I think I always sort of think to myself that I was good for the chorus. I'm not some sort of um, talented singer particularly. We're not going to see you on Great Britain's Got Talent then? Uh, no, I don't think you'll see me anywhere near such a programme. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Stephen? We're doing the Caterpillar. Talent has anything to do with that programme anyway. But, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe Stephen, yes, yeah. but certainly not me. <laughs> I think I'm sure you could do a, I'm sure there's a double act you could both go and audition from and it would get footage. Oh, I'd be quite happy sitting on the judging panel. Oh, we'd be very good at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, I don't know, I might be too... I, you know, I've never heard Philip sing, whereas I'm singing all the time and Philip loves it. <laughs> so why do you not sing anymore then? Oh, well, it's, it's not so much that I, I don't sing. I love music and really all sorts of music. Uh, I'm very eclectic. And when people say they have an eclectic taste in music, you know, they'll mention a few things. And I think, well, that's not remotely eclectic at all. Because my kind of taste of music kind of go back to 15 something or other, not, you know, the last 20 years. I have to have music. I have to listen to 
to music, you know, every day. It's very strange that if I don't get that sort of um, hit of music, it's almost as if you uh, coffee drinkers, when they don't drink coffee, they sort of feel a bit blue and sad and they have, you know, the brain's thinking, where's my caffeine fix? I have to have a music fix, which is very peculiar, really. Do you know another thing that Philip does, which I think after this time I managed to, like, block it out, but sometimes I realise he's doing it, is he whistles constantly and i've taken secret videos of him and you wouldn't believe because he doesn't whistle the tune he'll whistle like an alternative melody and it's like having a bird in a cage in your ear all the time and i could literally throttle him sometimes and it's really whistling and me singing it just sounds like a mess in this house <laughs> oh you got your own canary how lovely <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I will. And this is, again, my musical background. I will whistle a lot. So I tend to whistle as opposed to sing. I'll go off and, and just sort of randomly create my own little harmonies and melodies. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you've got an cre- incredibly creative mind then, musically. Well, Stephen says, it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I'll be doing it and it probably won't necessarily sound the greatest to listen to, but I'm not doing it for anyone else. A pleasure anyway. I'll just sort of randomly do it. And actually, it is my musical training because brain's going along with the music but you're kind of using all your musical training because there's a monetizing there's a mark a mark difference between you know really really great music from things like opera and all of these great tunes and melodies whether or not you like that style of music but if you break it down to just being a basic melody there's some fantastic stuff there compared to more very modern pop music which is almost electronically machine created Yes, no, I, I, I hear what yeah, I hear what you're saying. I wish I could actually hear because it is you know obviously when you've got orchestras, you've got so many different arrangements for whether you've got, you know whether it's the strings or whether it's the the woodwind. It's quite interesting actually, and I, I've recently kind of I'm having a bit of a fussy over that at the moment. And on YouTube, you can find isolated tracks and to to various songs, and it will it will play just the baseline or just the flute or whatever. It's really interesting to see how music's composed and put together. I really struggle with hearing the lyrics to songs and the songs, I just I just don't, I don't hear it. And I don't know whether it's, it's as a result of, because when your brain is programmed and you set yourself limiting beliefs and value, things like that. When I was young, I was told that I was tone deaf. And so I was brought up thinking I can't sing. So therefore, I just don't hear it. I can't hear it. I don't sing. I, I love music. I'm not probably to the same level as eclectic taste, but I can go back more than 20 years because I do like a bit of Wagner, a bit of the, <laughs> um, the, the Flight of the Valkyries. I do quite like that. So, you know, I even know the track. Oh, wow, that's clever. <laughs> but uh, I think, it, you know, you don't have to understand these things, do you? As long as they make you happy and bring you a bit of joy, then just, you know, go with that. Enjoy it. Well, it is, isn't it? Life is about happiness. So what do you two do when you're not cuckooing? I get drunk. Um, well, yeah. You do that when you're cuckooing, though, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, um, I love the garden. I love gardening. I'm not great at it, um, but I, I, I find it really... Um, grounding and calming so that's nice especially if we've had a crazy week um i enjoy photography yeah and that's that's it's it's something that i don't get to do enough but it's nice when you go on holiday because you can you kind of you free your mind a bit more don't you when you're on holiday and i find that creative juices flow a little better yeah they're my two things well i've got more than two well Um, no yeah well um, just We've got whistling, yeah. Whistling. Yeah, got, well, that's not not an official one. Being um, rude to me. Music. Um, you be quiet now. Um, <laughs> to, You'll be in the cage. I have to tell, <laughs> tell Stephen to be quiet when I'm speaking because he has such loud. 
booming foghorn of a mouth that, you know, mine's a little more subtle, but music, subtle. Um, <laughs> of course, I love the arts in general. So I always happily go to the theatre. Mm. Um, and that's yes. a, I think yeah, that's, that's a real true. treat for anyone. Yeah. History is, uh, I, I find history, you know, so fascinating as well. Of all of these things, I just sort of like being around people. I'm remotely the sort of person that can bury myself away for a week, you know, a week on week or a weekend and not have interaction with people. And I think I'd be useless at actually living on my own. Uh, and it's funny because before Stephen, you know, when I was sort of single, you know, I had my first house. I hardly ever spent any time in it because I always needed and wanted to be around people, family or friends. So, uh, you know, I, I love a party and that's because I have a love of being around people and chatting and hearing about where they're from or what they're doing or, you know, what their up-to-date news is. And, you know, that's the, the biggest thing that I find happy. There's this fantastic buzz and you feel enthusiastic going away from a Cuckoo Connect reception. I do, and, you know, that makes me happy, particularly when you can see it's, it's helping someone. And even if it's indirectly helping someone because they've made a new connection, or well, you I just said that see... Really. you just repeated me now. Or... <laughs> You just see someone have a little bit extra confidence or that they feel that you've been able to support them in, in a way that's valuable to them. And actually, this happened at one of our receptions recently. Another example of how Cuckoo Connect is a bit different to more of a business service as opposed to being a networking group. One of our newer members took up their member benefit of having the Meet the Member video. So this is where we record and produce a whole video about our, our business members and their service and what's different about what they do, what their USPs are, etc. And this person was a little bit daunted by doing something to camera. They'd never done anything like that. They were saying that anything that was remotely public speaking wise, that they, you know, they were a little bit scared of. But Often I'll say, come on, you you know, come and do it. It's only with Stephen and I. So they did that video at the end. And after they'd done it, they just said they felt so pleased that they'd pushed themselves out of the comfort zone to do something. And she just said, can I give you both a hug? Um, Stephen's always hugging and kissing people when, you know, he's barely <laughs> Which is slightly a little bit too over the top, but... Oh, I love my hugs. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know you see. That's fine, you see. But that, to me, is what I get out of Cuckoo Connect. It's helping people. And I think, actually, lots of business people or lots of organisational leaders, if they boil it down, it's because they feel they're doing something that helps people. Well, that's what it is. It's, 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 it's you're living your life on purpose, isn't it? And that's what I love about doing what I do, You know, be it the podcast or coaching or just talking to people who could be coming in, who come into my orbit in one way or another. It's you know, just you know enhancing somebody's life in one way or another. Whether it's making that connection, whether it's having that conversation, whether it's lifting somebody's spirits, or whether it's just radiating happiness globally. I mean, I just love all that I do, and you know, I think I feel honoured that I've been able to create the life that I live through all the things that I have done and likewise you two have done the same haven't you I mean you've brought together both of your energies and created cuckoo but you enjoy your your lives together outside of that but you make sure that you're doing the things that you do I mean all the things that you've you've mentioned between you I love I mean I love going out in the garden I love taking photographs I love you know historical stuff that's why I like going out trail running you see stuff that you don't see when you're on the pavement I love music I love talking to people <laughs> who knew <laughs> I think it's all about um, 
you know, just, just identifying what it is that you actually want. And it, it sounds silly, but my driving factor to go self-employed was because I said I never want to have to set an alarm again because I used to dread the alarm every day. And you know what? Now I wake up naturally at, insert time here, and um, <laughs> every morning I just wake up and I feel positive. And, and, I, and that was my reasoning for doing it you know that was my main driver because I thought I don't want to be beholden to an alarm clock so it's like finding what what you really want to do and what will make you happy and then how can you then shoehorn that into your life uh, Stephen enjoys not being told what to do by anybody at all <laughs> which, which uh, is the sign of uh, any good entrepreneur because I'm, I'm always right <laughs> well the thing is though if you know yourself if you know what fires you up if you know what you're passionate about doing and if you you're you have the capacity to believe in yourself to drive yourself to motivate yourself you know and doing your own thing that that is where your natural flow is that is where your vibe is i mean i was i was employed for years before i took the plunge into self-employment in 2009 and although albeit sort of working on a self-employed basis on behalf of another agency it's a long story but you know I've really run my own show since then and it makes such a difference like you say you know I mean the alarm does go off but it's like and I haven't got to race off anywhere I haven't got to be any deadline I haven't got to be in traffic getting into the city centre to get to work I'm not beholden to anybody apart from myself and I'm my own worst taskmaster and I always end up doing too much and taking too much on but I love everything that I do it's more a case of sort of trying to whittle away at things and stop seeing shiny new objects but you know (laughs) But it's important, isn't it? When you're in flow with yourself, everything sort of falls into place. You become a happier person. Absolutely. And, you know, I pray that I never have to work for someone else again because I I feel like when you jump in self-employment and you're so far down the line, you're kind of so headstrong and free, aren't you, that it would be crippling to have to go back and work for someone else. Well, I think the thing is you tool yourself up, don't you, with the... The resilience that you know. I mean, I know, for example, all. The, I mean, I've invested thousands, tens of thousands, in my own personal development over over the like, probably the last seventeen years. Be it sort of courses, books, training programs, social media training, you name it. This, that, and the other training or memberships, whatever it is, you know, just that could be encapsulated into that sort of area. But I know, with all that I've done, it can never be taken away from me. You know, it's not like a material possession. It's not like saying, oh, I've, oh, I've got a great big murk outside. You know, yeah, might be quite nice, but I would rather spend that money on investing in my personal development than on something that's going to devalue. Whereas the richness of personal development is that it increases in value with the more that you add to it. So. Yeah, and and, it, and you're, it's always with you, isn't it? Yeah, like you say, you have a nice car, but that will break at the end of the day. You have to live with yourself, so be happy with yourself. Yeah, and it all makes perfect sense. And again, when you boil that back down to cuckoo, you're investing in making relationships. And, you know, it's not adage of when it comes to if you can find good quality networking wherever you are, whether or not it's a service like ours or if it is, uh, you know, a small group at at sort of, you know, a parochial level, then it's, you know, what you put into it is what then you can then start to expect to get out of it. But go into it thinking, what can I offer? What have I got to give? to the other people that I'm making the connections with. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the di- big tips for um, networking, as I was having, I had a coaching client this afternoon, I was talking to her about it because she's like, oh, a bit like this. And it's about being curious. And once she realised that it's not about selling herself, it's about talking to other people, you know, that, that sort of like, that that sort of fear around it all dissipated. And I think people do think they've got to go in there and talk about themselves, but it's not about that, is it? It's about building relationships and having 
conversations and being curious and making connect like you say making connections so chaps i can't believe well i can believe that the time's flown wow. <laughs> i could talk to you for hours wow. <laughs> when did that go? i know this is like when you're talking about things that you love though isn't it isn't it exactly exactly and when you fill your life with stuff that you love it naturally lifts your energy lifts your spirits makes you feel happier and everything's yeah everything smells of roses yeah and then you deal with the challenges that you face along the way in a different way so so thank you so 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 much for being guests on my 100th episode Woo-hoo! but i'll say it was a, an absolute pleasure and especially as it was you Woo! oh thank you so much thank you so much so, thank you again so how do people get in touch with you both Please do share. Well, they can find us on LinkedIn, first of all, Stephen Goddard and Philip Brooks Stevenson, and they can head over to the website, which is cuckooconnect.co.uk. That's K-U-K-U Connect. Um, and there's all our social media links, everything and all about us. So if anyone has any questions. You made a really valid point, Sarah, very briefly about people being very daunted about networking. So I'd say go to the Cuckoo Connect website because you'll be able to see a whole range of videos that show the connect receptions. So it'll give people a really great idea about what Cuckoo is about. And anyone that thinks maybe they'll have a go at networking but they're a bit too nervous, have a look at our website and then come along as a free guest. We have our monthly online business event, Cuckoo Cocktail Lounge. Well, thank you so much again. And I hope you've all enjoyed listening to this fabulous episode, this 100th episode. Woo-hoo! Gosh, I can't believe it's 100 episodes. So anyway, if you've enjoyed it, please do rate and review, uh, comment, uh, follow whatever it is you do on your subscription. And if you want to find out more about me, I'm over at sarahjnaylor.com or on all the usual social media platforms. Uh, so until next time, until the 100th and one episode, <laughs> good grief. Thank you for listening and take care and a goodbye from me for now. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.